0: Hey, Gabriel Blake.
1: Hey, Gabriel Jose.
0: Where are we today?
1: I'm in San Francisco.
0: And that's it. I like that you're like summarizing. What
1: part of my couch I'm on. again? I don't want to talk about what part of my couch I'm on.
0: <laughs> I think that you that's move right. a bit. Yeah, okay. I, I feel like you move exactly on the last second for being on the same position that you always are. Yeah, I did. Right. Uh, but yeah, I'm in mean, Chicago. Uh, same position, too. But I don't make any effort. For, or, you know, like any kind of... I don't express any intent of making an effort for a different location. Uh, but talking about making an effort, what did we watch this time? We picked the Oscar-nominated
1: 2022 film, White Noise. Directed by Noah Baumbach, starring... His wife, or his partner, anyway, um, Lady Bird, and <laughs> wait, wait, no, it like-
0: okay, it was good to say it's not Sourcy Ronan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's not Sourcy Ronan. Why can't I think the name? She was Frances
0: Ha, Greta-, uh... Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig, yes, yeah.
1: and Adam Driver that we lost last saw working with Noah Baumbach in Marriage
0: Story. Yep. And this is strange because she's not a movie about a divorce.
1: <laughs> Which is a theme mm. Noah Bombach likes to explore.
0: <laughs> I had to say that for most of the movie I was like just expecting like some kind of twist that it would end up in a divorce. And that was like the reason why he decided to adapt this story. But no divorces.
1: This is childhood fantasy, where things might in the game. We'll find out.
0: Yeah, uh, but why- I do want to
1: call why? out before you take over that this book is based on a very, very respected novel, written in in 1980 or published in 1985, I think, and yeah. it, um, it was written by Don DeLillo.
0: Yep. Uh, and why did you pick this?
1: I picked this because I'm a big Noah Bombach fan, and I'm an even bigger Donde Lilo fan, and um, I didn't start recording last week's podcast before having picked anything else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I really that's wanted fair. to see this, and I wasn't going to watch it by myself. So,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. not as fair. Uh, so, as this was your pick, I guess that I have to summarize or try to summarize this. Good um, luck. Yeah. So. Because-
1: Famously, an unadaptable novel. People said it. you couldn't turn this into a film.
0: Yeah, I. that was my feeling, I, but we'll go over that. Basically, the, uh, the movie follows the life of a family, of uh, the two parents uh, married, that they have like a lot of kids from previous marriages. Uh, and one in common, I think that they have like the youngest one is in common to them.
1: Yeah, he says, that one's ours. We're
0: each other's yeah. school. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other thing that in the book, that's not the case. Uh, and they basically follow their American life through multiple acts where weird stuff happens to them and things become like more and more bizarre. Uh, the first act, it follows like a train spill, like an accident where there is like a toxic waste on their town that is in Ohio, no? Yeah. Where there was like a toxic spill a couple of weeks ago on the same yep. village where this was <laughs> that is a bit uncanny uh, and it follows like their adventure of how they have to evacuate their house and then how he gets alien driver gets exposed to the toxic gases and then he starts thinking that he's going to die and following like the whole mass hysteria of people evacuating and then just coming back when things clear out and um, how there is no real how do you say like trusty information about like what is going on? Like things change over and over. There is a lot of noise about like what is the real situation going on and how it's they. Like the first eighteen broke.
1: months, of the pandemic condensed yeah. into like a day.
0: Yeah, uh, and then it was like when I was watching, it's like I cannot believe that this was written like twenty, well, almost forty years ago, considering what happened like three years ago about COVID. Uh, then the second act is after they come back, uh one
1: sec, I just looked it up. I swear I saw at least one Oscar nom for this. There is nothing. It is not I... an Oscar Nom made movie. Go
0: yeah, ahead. I was like a bit surprised. I forgot about like asking that. Uh then when they come back, like the second act is more like the investigation of uh like the wife of the main character, like Greta Garwick, uh sees taking some pills that they are like some experimental theme stuff. And so it's a bit more about like how Adam Driver tries to figure it out the truth about like what is behind as she's changing her behavior completely. She's becoming like a different person. Uh, I, would
1: just, I would just correct you in saying the second act really is wondering if she's taking pills.
0: Okay, that's true. That's fair. Yeah. A bit more about like how to face that fact, how to get to the truth of it, and we have like the twist that she's getting like this experimental drug that is off the market, uh, some opioid. I mean, I like to think that every single act is like exploring like a different facets of a different aspect of the American reality that is not like the prettiest one. You
1: know, (laughs) sure. (laughs)
0: Consumerism isn't always beautiful. I, but it looks pretty in supermarkets <laughs> <It> <laughs> like that's plethora yeah uh and then we discovered that she actually was having an affair we thought
1: no it was not an affair well it was not an
0: affair she was prostituting herself for just like getting that drug.
1: yeah so she got accepted to this experimental trial but by the time she got accepted the trial was cancelled but she tracked down the, the makers and was like and he he said, if you give me ongoing sexual favors, I'll give you the drug.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Adam Driver, like, confronting that fight, he decides, like, to go to try to murder that person? Or, you know, like, at least threatening him for getting the drugs. Uh, we also see, like, the idea of, uh, weapons like a normal thing that people carry around. which well, just kind of this. I mean, I mean in Ohio. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Uh, we see also oh, that's, that's funny that Alan Driver is like the biggest expert, in, sort of the biggest expert in the States about Hitler, but he doesn't speak German. That I, I love that touch. Like, you can be an expert about like something on, on a foreign culture, but you don't even speak the language.
1: But it's a great source of embarrassment to him.
0: Oh, he discusses
1: it. So that, that little, I don't know if you'd call it a technique or, or that style, is so wonderful in the book, because yeah. when, you, when you say that Adam Driver's character works at the city on the hill, in all caps, it's like so absurd written on the page, whereas here I felt like, I, and you might not understand how farcical it's supposed to be. Um, But it's just, it's all so absurd. this is an absurdist film rooted in realism.
0: Yeah, I mean, the problem that I see here, it is something that, well, I mean, more stuff happens. Let's just say that at the end, there is like a happy ending. And it almost like they look back at the end as nothing happened. We see like a supermarket like multiple times along the movie. And the ending the last scene is basically all of the actors and actresses on the movie just making a musical number on the supermarket.
1: I'm pretty sure they stole that idea from Slumdog Millionaire.
0: Was there? I don't remember. (laughs) Yeah, they're
1: all in the train station and they start to do the Bollywood thing.
0: Oh, but that's, that's Bollywood. Come on, that's Bollywood. I had the feeling that this was a bit more of a parody of how the supermarket with the consumerism was like a bit of the centerpiece that... It has always been present there. And then it's like, hey, this is an absurd movie. That's half of it doesn't really make sense if you take it literally. But let's just make it even more absurd. And let's just put everyone to dance here. Uh, Did I miss anything important? Because I just feel it's like there are a collection of of vignettes.
1: The plume. You you mentioned that. No, I mean, before we started recording, I actually mentioned to you that I'm glad you had summarized it, and then I backtracked and said, "Actually, like, the plot itself is pretty straightforward, but the plot isn't the purpose. Like you said, it's all these sideshows and vignettes yeah. and absurdism. Yep. It really feels. I I told my husband he didn't watch it with me, but he asked if I liked it, and I was like, Yeah, it's like if um, Chuck Palinak and uh, Oh shit,
0: voice um, Anderson." Fuck you.
1: Not him. The guy we like from Eternal Sunshine of the Mind.
0: Jim Carrey. And Charles Kaufman. Charles Kaufman.
1: <laughs> it's like a, an amalgamation of these kind of very quirky directors. And Michel Gondry.
0: Okay, that's fair. But at the same time, there are many, many shots in this movie that they feel straight from Wes Anderson. And even the way I mean, that Wes the characters like speak.
1: Rocket, Wes Anderson,
0: sure... No, I would even say like Murray's Kingdom, honestly, because the thing is that I had the feeling that Bambach is not going for realism on this. It's like no. the way that actors speak with each other, like some of the scenes that they're composed, the Supermarket doesn't feel real. It's more like a parody of one like how yeah. colorful and overtop is, you know is that there were like many things i even went to check out i didn't read it so sorry i'm going to sound like tony collette in knives out Is like so i read a headline about an article where actually wes anderson interviewed noah bambach about it because i actually went online like just to check about like this sounds like something you know after watching it as something that wes anderson would have directed
1: okay but your favorite Wes Anderson film of the last 15 years
0: is... Moonrise Kindle.
1: Okay. So, I the only reason I hesitate saying Wes Anderson is because this is not the fucking Grand Budapest Hotel where it's basically human cartoons. Yeah. It goes into that, like, kind of intensely stylized world here and there. Sometimes more than others. But, yeah. It's just not as i don't hate that as much as i hate the crime for hotel that's what i'm trying to say
0: <laughs> okay okay he actually crossed a line and i understand that is like also for the more kingdom is a bit cartoony but it's like in this case like the character come on like the scene where uh, uh don't Ch- is don't chiller what is his Don name Chiddle. Chiddle. Don chitle don't and adam driver they're doing like a dueling pianos kind of discourse in the university about like comparing Elvis and hitler Dude, that feels straight from a Wes Anderson movie. They're not...
1: Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. They're drawing parallelisms.
1: I see what you're saying. Yes, you are right. It's just not as over the top, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. It's not so over the top, and That's the reason... That's the reason why I say like friends dispatch can I put up this hotel is like yeah it's too far, but even like Murray's Kingdom, even the the Tenenboms, or even Life Aquatic, is that it has that kind of artificiality of what it's doing.
1: Yeah, I would say probably the role of Tenenboms is the closest in terms of how how committed to the stylized mm. you know approach to it is.
0: Yeah. Uh, overall, I feel like pretty conflicted about this movie. Because it's exactly what I told you at the beginning, that is, I had the feeling that this was a book that was not meant to be adapted into a movie, because the characters are not real. I mean, they're characters, but they're a bit more like vehicles of just like different aspects of the American reality.
1: Yeah, they're, they're everything, everything in this is a vehicle for an idea, whether it's the yeah. College on the Hill, whether it's Mr. Gray, whether it's Dilar, which is the medication you yeah. find out my wife is taking. Like, it's, whether our literal characters, it's, everything is so abstract. And I know that I've read the book and I did so before I saw the film, but like walking out of that, I was like, I enjoyed it overall. That's true. But, like, what this is is a novel, it really isn't a movie, and some things are meant to stick in the medium that they were created in,
0: yeah. well, I mean, the thing is like if you are going to be doing an adaptation like this, you have to be more creative. You cannot take it like as literal as this happened. yeah, yeah. because that you have Actually, to be like yeah
1: in that way of Mulholland Drive in that I feel like those weren't really characters it was all about ideas the ideas are buried more so than in this film but it's kind of similar in their approach in my
0: opinion that's true but it's like David Lynch knew what he was doing he actually he had that idea and he actually just developed it for a screen but it's like in this case Noam Bambak, I had the feeling that he took the book and he was at that too literal in how to adopt it
1: I did surprisingly find myself wishing it was a little bit more like Bardo. <laughs> like committing to the absurdism, right? Like yeah. um That's not a complaint I have, but I was like, yeah, let's let's see how weird it can get. I don't know.
0: So, you have appreciated if it was like more Wes Anderson Grand Budapest Hotel.
1: Let me say, this was a great benchmark to start testing how we can make this better. (laughs) I have a lot of ideas about how we can make this better.
0: Uh, Okay, that's fair. I mean, overall, but the thing that I actually left, like after watching the movie, I, I watched it with my boyfriend. And my read at the end, it was like, hey, I didn't hate it, but I feel like pretty conflicted because I can smell that this is based on a good book, on a really good book but it's weird that it doesn't translate to the medium at all. And it's like, I actually bought the book, I told you. It was just weird to me about like, how come I can't appreciate that there is like a source material behind this that is so good when the movie, I don't think that is that, that's good.
1: But isn't, I mean, at, at s- to some extent, that's the fun of storytelling, right? Like you could go see Madam Butterfly tonight and it'll be completely different than if you see Madame Butterfly maybe at a different... Maybe you see it in a different country five years from now. They're going to have an entirely different idea about how to tell the story. And you can still want to see... You can love one version of the same story and still want to see another version of it.
0: That part is fair, but you are comparing a live production of an opera. Okay, let's movie. talk
1: about 12 Angry Men. It was still fun to watch 12... 12
0: like, like we like watch
1: the same movies remade over and over again to prove this point i'd ask you how many of the iterations of spider-man did you see
0: <laughs> okay okay <laughs> let me let me just think because i think that there is like a some nuance on this case you know is that it's true that you can adapt like multiple times and you can appreciate that the source material is going to be good but if you go to watch a Spider-Man movie, is that the value is a bit more straightforward. Is that you know that it's a kid, that he gets powers, and his uncle dies. Because he doesn't use it responsibly. And then random adventure on top of it. But is the core is that? The core of white noise, if I take the movie in a literal manner, I have no freaking idea about what it is. If you take it like literally
1: even even desperately clawing at any sort of metaphor i did not know what the fuck this was about i don't remember the book that well and so when i read an interpretation about how this is basically this interpretation i read said it was about a fear of death and how americans particularly in the 80s which i didn't know was apparently the golden age of malls in america that's when they happened yeah and so americans were rushing to self soothe with consumerism and apparently that's what the book is a critique of. I didn't get jack shit from the movie, like nothing.
0: Well, because I don't think that the movie, I think that the movie was more concerned into being an adaptation of the source material than transmitting what is the core of that source material. And that we're discussing is that there are like some works that they are better for the medium that they were created originally for. And if You want to adapt, and you have to do like quite a bit of an effort, or you know, like probably like, just ending up with something like adaptation that is like at the end you don't fucking care about who was like the orchid thief.
1: It's interesting the relationship between film and, if it exists, whatever medium a story existed in the first place. I my thought immediately goes to um, Dune because people like the book. There was this discussion about whether it could be made into a movie. David Lynch proved that it probably shouldn't. And then we had the promise of Khodorovsky. But ultimately it wasn't made. And it's like, maybe Dune is just a novel. Not just. Maybe it's best as a novel for example.
0: Yeah. No need to actually just be turned into that. Yeah. Uh, in any case, Jodorowsky Dune was supposed to have happened before... David Lynch, too. I think that it was in the 70s, no? Late 70s.
1: That would make sense based on the film you and I
0: saw together by Jodorowsky.
1: How do you say it? He's Argentine. Or oh,
0: Chilean, I think. Chilean. Uh, yeah, Jodorowsky. But that's not a Chilean. Last name or Spanish.
1: I was going to say Ja. There's no Juh. Ja. Yeah. Jodorowski. Jodorowsky.
0: Jodorowsky. That's how I say it, but I'm not sure if that's like yes, right. you right you'll ask a Chilean <laughs> no I think that it was like a, like in the 70s like after uh, after how you say uh, the Holy Mountain when he was starting to be like really popular internationally
1: so my favorite book for probably 10 years was by Cormac McCarthy called The Road which is another book that was adapted that should not have been because the book like sometimes things are just more powerful inside your head and i think this is more powerful in your head where you can take it where your mind wants to or where you're interested in where noah bombach was interested in taking this was not interesting to me
0: very much but i think that he tried to take it in all of the directions You know, instead of being like more focused towards like, hey, you want to do like a reflection around like consumerism and death in the 80s, is that you can do it. There is no problem with that. But then you have to adapt this in a slightly different way. You cannot take it in all of the directions, probably like from the book. You have to be more concise.
1: Yeah, I I don't disagree. I think when you have, you know, 600, 800, 1,000 pages to tell a story, it's very different than the two hours and fifteen minutes.
0: Well, it's three hundred and twenty pages. Otherwise, I wouldn't have bought this book.
1: Good point. <laughs> Good
0: point. <laughs> I wouldn't I even like check it and it was like okay, if it's more than three hundred pages, I'm not touching these. And the words of like three hundred and twenty uh, maybe. Let's see.
1: I'm literally looking. I went through a Don DeLillo phase of, of novels a few years ago and I was super into Told myself I was ready to read his densest work, and uh, I bought it, and it sat there unread for the last <laughs> 45 <to> years. <laughs> I never even oh, attempted it.
0: <laughs> oh, so you didn't even start it? It's like so intimidating that you don't even. Note the to page
1: read. count. It's it's a thick boy. It's it's a big <laughs> book.
0: <laughs> okay, no, that's fair. That's completely fair. I had like the same feeling every single time uh, when I see like a very large book. Um, but I don't know exactly what else to say to that It's good that the movie can tell me that the book has to be great, but I wish that the movie was better.
1: I agree. I wish it had been better. Um, overall, I still enjoyed it. I'm thrilled that Noah Baumbach took uh, a risk outside of the divorce genre. Because I, I do think he is an interesting storyteller. This. This was a failed attempt, in my opinion. He should keep exploring different things. Um, and I also really appreciate the fact Netflix took a multi-million-dollar risk on something like this. I think it's interesting. It's an interesting attempt, even if it didn't succeed. I'll just leave it at that.
0: No, that's that's completely fair. I agree with that. the questions? Yes, please. <laughs> Would you watch it again? Uh,
1: I don't know how to answer this. I'm not opposed. It's not like I'll never watch this again, but I'll probably never seek it out. So, probably not.
0: I'm going solid with the same reasoning. It's like I will never go out of my way for just looking for this movie, you know? If it's playing on the background, maybe I'll watch it again. Maybe I will have the temptation after reading the book if I finish it, but probably not. Uh, would you recommend it?
1: There's there are some situations. Yeah, I mean, in a conversation about Don DeLillo, I would be like, you should. It's not great, but check it out. This is what they're trying to make his books into. Yes.
0: Uh, what about? Uh, is there any other books from Don DeLillo that were adapted into movies? I was actually thinking that like five minutes ago, and I meant to look it up. I never did. Um, oh my god, Cosmopolis is his.
1: That's a Don DeLillo book. I forgot that.
0: Okay, I and think you told that me that it's a good, and you told me that it was a good, a good movie. No,
1: uh, it's an interesting movie. It's a Cronenberg film, so there's <laughs> a lot of problems, and you still want to like watch an hour
0: more. <laughs> that's a that's a fair definition of Cronenberg.
1: Um, I did not read the book. I heard rumors that they were recently just making Oh, didn't they make Point Omega? I don't recognize any of his other books as movies. Um... Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear what you think about the book.
0: I ever finish it. Uh, So, would you recommend it? Yeah, I would say
1: yes. Not often.
0: (laughs) Maybe once every two years. Uh, I don't think that I would recommend it. It's not that I hated it, but I cannot be sure.
1: What if if your co-worker's like, Jose, I heard you like movies. Do you know of any good movies based on a Don DeLillo novel? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> but at that point is that probably there are like what two or three options you know and probably a good time I would go like, look I think that Cosmopolis is good but I haven't seen it all right but I haven't seen it <laughs> so I, or I would be like drawing a blank you know or if someone asked me about like white noise I would be like no I don't I don't know if any good that's what I was
1: saying. Don't was fantastic.
0: I mean he's yeah, true. I mean he does a good job, but and some of the keys, as there are like a lot of them, and most of them they only have like a five-minute role total of a screen time. They're okay, I guess. I feel like uh Getagarwick and uh Adam Driver, they overact their role. They told him about like, hey, you have to make this like really over the top and really force and then went a bit too far. That's the reason why I feel is like this is Wes Anderson level.
1: I would argue that they're better actors than what you saw, and I agree. I think Noah
0: Baumbach was like,
1: hammier, do it more hammy.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was like the... Actually, my boyfriend was asking me, this is like very overracked. And he's like, yeah, but I think that that's the point. That is like, these two are decent actors they can do way better than this it's not that they are like mediocre actors that they can only I'm going to act like this because this is my role so uh, but in any case would you remember
1: it I don't know the answer to that probably no I mean I didn't remember the book <laughs> <laughs> and I liked the book more than this so no
0: yeah I. for me it's also no I think that um, there is a lot of stuff here and it's not all of it all of it is not coherent there is no like a sequence of events that you can actually point like pretty clearly uh is there anything artistic about it
1: is style artistic not necessarily um i may not have to say no on this one nothing jumps to my mind Maybe the imagination?
0: (laughs) I'm going to say with no, because the closest thing that I could say, as you say, like the aesthetics or the style, but once again, is that that it's a bit of a watered down version from Wes Anderson. Yep, you're not wrong. So I don't think that there is anything that I could remember this movie for. Uh, Is it a timeless piece? You know. After I read that
1: interpretation, how it's about consumerism, uh, soothing Americans, I thought, if this is really what the film is about, it is absolutely timely and was made 30 years after its time. So I'm going to say timely.
0: Timely. So no, not a timeless piece. Uh, For me, as someone that only moved like 12 years ago into this country, I still think that that idea of using consumerism as a soothing mechanism in this country, I think that it still applies. You
1: have close personal friends that you watch do this?
0: Like buying a lot of stuff for just like dealing with anxiety and other problems? Yes.
1: Do I do that?
0: i don't think so at least but yeah i mean i know that i mean just replace the supermarket with amazon
1: oh you take that
0: back no dude it's like it's the same it's a bit more about like the mediums may have changed but the idea is still the same no i get that yeah so i mean i didn't feel i mean of course you felt like this is the 80s from an aesthetics perspective and I have to say that I felt like a bit like personally attack because they were eating a lot of Pringles. I've never seen like so much like product placement since Stranger Things with the echoes. But here is that like you could see like a Pringles can like randomly every two scenes.
1: I wonder if it was actual product placement or more like um, the Starbucks cup in every single scene of Cyclone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but that was a bit more of a trolling thing, but OK. <laughs> Uh, so from that perspective I just felt like this is a timeless thing you know it's like some of the producers still timeless yeah uh, would you turn this into a TV show? if we're just
1: looking at the movie itself no but like I feel like we're connected to what the story is maybe there's enough in the book but like we're just reviewing the movie. We're not scoring the book. If we're talking about this movie, no, no, thank you. Please, please don't turn this into a TV show.
0: What I was thinking right now is like if we go to the point of just saying that the characters are bagels, you know, like for the specific situations or for the specific aspects, I could see it work as a TV show better for us to like just like be more self contained and detaching from the previous story. Because once like this toxic spill is over, the only thing left is like the guy going to the doctor.
1: But theoretically, wouldn't you have to have more character development if you spend more time with these characters? And I'm not sure that's sustainable since they're not fully thought out characters.
0: I think that it would be better even, you know, is that you could actually assume that it's like, oh, the character development already happened in another episode. (laughs) <laughs> it's just like repeating the actors Or we'll maybe buy some maybe character development then. at the mall later No. Exactly. Or don't even Repeat the characters, like, who cares it's, like, it's another family, it's maybe like The Asian family that they see a couple Of times, around uh-huh. So <laughs> I mean I'm not saying that it would be like a good result But I'm just saying that Maybe it would work, maybe uh, could this this movie, White Noise, have been a short
1: I don't think so. I mean, they, they took us on the journey they wanted to take us on. I just... No, you can't... You couldn't make this into like... I know it's an hour, but let's say 20 minutes. You couldn't turn this into a 20-minute movie. I don't think so.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. You could, uh, not even like an hour. Mm-hmm. How long was this? An hour and a half? 2 hours and, I think, 16 minutes? I don't even remember. 2 hours, 16 minutes, yeah. Uh, no, I don't know exactly what would you edit down for just turning it into one hour, honestly. So, yeah. Is, it could have been I,
1: shorter. That's a very different question. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think I stood up from as when the credits started rolling. I said, well, they should have kept 40 minutes off that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I agree with that. I agree with that. being shorter and being a shorter they are like two different things. I mean in this case, I don't think that it would have been shorter, but definitely connecting to the next one. If you think that this movie could have been better, yes, it could have been shorter.
1: It and could have had focus. a better adaptation, in my opinion. And I say that not having any real skills to do this myself, but I think they needed to have a better focus on what they wanted to adapt. And I think they needed a different director. It, he's just. This isn't his, his thing.
0: Yeah, I really wonder. I wish that we could actually like yes. just peek into another universe where Wes Anderson actually directed this.
1: See, that would have been more interesting.
0: I think so. Yeah, because he's good at embracing absurdism and so. and
1: highlighting it, like in uh, enhancing it. Yeah. which yeah I
0: as I said earlier I
1: felt this film could have done with more of that
0: yeah uh should we score yes this was your pick so my score I mean I'm cheating a bit because I'm checking like other movies that I score you know for just checking how congruent I can be with it uh my score? Oh my god, yeah. I, I'm checking some stuff that I gave this score too, and that wouldn't be fair. Uh, my score is going to be a five point five.
1: Oh, that's exactly my score. I was going back and forth between a five point two five and a five point five. <laughs> and I was I feel going like, that's really for exceptional. <laughs> sure.
0: so, I was going between. I was going between like five point five and six. Honestly. And then I was checking some of the movies that I gave a six and it's like, this couldn't be fair. Honestly. I gave a six to All Is Quiet in the Western Front and I think there is a better movie than this.
1: See, this this film is a five to me. It just gets that extra half a point because it attempted to do something different.
0: Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. Um, do we have anything else to say about White Noise? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I like that. It's like, let's just define this movie as a guttural noise.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Between one and 10, I give this a uh, 0.5, uh.
0: <laughs> point five. Uh, So for the next one, as is my pick, um I wanted to actually like go back to uh, to watch more of the work of uh, Wong Kar Wai. And the other day we tried to go to the cinema to watch Chunking Express at the Alamotraf house, and it was sold out. It was the only movie at the Alamotraf house in Chicago that I just opened recently that it was sold out. Sure. So yeah, I was like a bit pissed about like, look, I was going to go to the Alamotraf house. You were forcing me to go, and you are sold out. So now I still want to watch it. So, so now I get punished. So, <laughs> <laughs> dude, is this going to be no, like I'm, another I'm, situation? God, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Yes, <laughs> just make sure. Uh Okay, man. Uh, this was fun. Thank you so much for making me watch it. Even if it was not like a great score, I think that you make me discover, like, don't delete don't them. You're welcome. <laughs> and to all of these people out there, thank you so much for putting out with us. Um, Wash your hands. <laughs> okay. Bye.